fear is basically putting faith in the wrong things. It's kind of like putting faith in the what ifs of life. What if? Uh, what if this happens? What if that happens? And then that generates this emotion of fear. So it, it can, maybe it's not a real threat at all, but it becomes very real to us because we imagine it. And the, the thing I thought about how fear can become very irrational, Savannah's been commuting back and forth into the city, and she was actually at school when the riots started. And, you know, the gray in my beard is earned. <laughs> so, so it's funny, though, how, uh, how fear can get very irrational very quickly. So, for example, it'll be 10 o'clock. She's on a late class. She's coming home. And I pick up my phone and I call her. Ring, 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 no answer. And I'm like, in 30 seconds, you know, her car has blown up. She's been captured. Some guy has caught her and sold her into... into uh, uh, human trafficking, and, and I'm, I'm getting my phone ready so that when the guy calls, I can say, I know who you are. I have a special set of skills. That I <laughs> All this stuff is happening, you know, in like 30 seconds, finally the phone rings, and it's Savannah's like, uh, I'm in the driveway, Dad. Sorry, Mr. Call was driving. You know, but in 30 seconds flat, I have painted the worst possible picture and created this emotional chaos in my mind, and I'm, it, that's fear. That's what fear does. It's irrational. I mean, there, I could what if it to death, but there's no evidence to say that's going to happen, right? So that's how fear works in us. And, it, and, and oftentimes when this same kind of fear is accompanied when, whenever we feel that God is, has a plan for us or God has a purpose for us or, or whatever that looks like, we can sometimes kind of, we can sometimes just kind of get very afraid of what God might be asking us to do. Y'all can't, you can't sit in here today and be dishonest because we're going to talk about things that are honest, right? <laughs> and... You know, you're walking downtown, and there's this strange character on the sidewalk, and they're walking towards you, right? And it's that awkward moment where your eyes are like, you know, if, if I just don't make eye contact, maybe he'll just not see me, you know? So the, this whole avoidance approach, we deal with God the exact same way. We know that God is talking to us, or we feel a plan that God has in our life, and we know we're feeling in our heart but yet we figure, you know, maybe if I just don't make eye contact, he'll just look over me and talk to somebody else about going to Africa. <laughs> so we just kind of have this mentality. And that's really, that's an action. It's a fear of or faith in the what ifs. What if, uh, what if you know, God's asking me to sell my house and give everything I own to the poor? That's kind of freaky. Or what, what, if, what if he's calling me to foreign missions, to, to live in a foreign country? Or, or what, if, what if he's asking me to forgive that person that I hate? <laughs> I, I don't want to do that. What if, what if he's asking me, uh, you know, I'm in this relationship with this, this girl and she just, she's just a bad influence and she just needs to go away. You know, what if that's the kind of stuff that God's asking of me? And, and, and sometimes those, those plans that God has for us, even though we know that our Father is not going to put us in a position that's going to jeopardize us, but rather He's going to do things that will help us grow, even though we know that, we have this fear, this thing that rises up in us and causes us to imagine all these what-ifs. So God's plans are oftentimes just a big interruption to our plans. And they're inconvenient to our life. And that... If, if you jump into this Christmas story in Luke chapter 1, let's look at what happened to Mary. If, you don't, if you're doubting this, look at Mary's story. In Luke chapter 1, verse 26, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, Elizabeth was a, a, a relative of, of Mary's, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled 
at his words. If I would have written the Bible in modern English, it would have said Mary was absolutely freaked out. (laughs) Greatly troubled doesn't quite say it as, as well as I'm sure she felt at that moment. She was greatly troubled at the words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. I can't imagine in an interchange like that the emotion that would have flooded. Because Mary was just a young, young girl, young teenager. Imagine the emotion that was happening with her when, when she's face to face with this angel. He says to her, Mary, you have found favor in the eyes of God. I mean, imagine what that must feel like or sound like <clears throat> when you're experiencing this. And, and, and I'm sure all these thoughts came flooding in her mind. I'm sure irrational fear popped up. What's, he, what's about to happen to me? Am I going to die here? Is he gonna, what, what is happening? What's going to go on? And so all of a sudden, this, this angel visits her, and she's about to have a major interruption that's going to be very inconvenient for her life. <coughs> Excuse me. And so we understand that being able where, where we are now, looking back at that story, we know how the story unfolded, but Mary didn't know that, did she? Mary had no idea what was about to happen. She was troubled and afraid because she was having an angelic visitation. And he says, blessed are you, Mary. You're very favored by God. Oh, my. <laughs> Is this good? Is it not good? I'm not quite sure. So in all of that, it's, just, it's easy to, to see God's interruptions as kind of messing up our plans or our life or what we think things should be like. But there are times when these interruptions happen that they seem inconvenient for us, but they're really the invitation from God for something greater. That interruption that Mary experienced was actually an invitation from God saying, Mary, I've got something that you could not have imagined on your own. There's several examples in the scripture of this, right? Moses, he's out in the wilderness somewhere. He's taking care of sheep. He's just, he killed a dude in Egypt and ran. And, and as long as the law's not after him, he's happy, right? As long as he's out here in the back of nowhere, nobody knows what he's building a life out here. Nobody knows that he's from Egypt. Nobody knows he used to be a prince of Egypt. He's just a shepherd now. And he's walking along minding his own business and a bush catches on fire. And the bush doesn't burn up. It's just burning. And then a voice comes out of the bush. I mean, talk about an interruption. I've got a plan here. I just want to watch sheep, go home, eat dinner, and go to bed. I don't need all this. This is an inconvenient interruption to my life. And out of this bush comes the voice of God and said, Moses, I have a plan for you. And that interruption was actually a divine invitation and turned a shepherd guy into a deliverer of millions of people into uh, deliver of an entire race and a nation you guys the story of Saul the apostle Paul who was first known as Saul he had a plan his life was all mapped out he knew exactly what he was doing he was stamping out this heretical doctrine that Jesus created when he came on the earth and he was doing his good deed and then on his way to exercise his plans there was a bright light from heaven and threw him off his horse and he's blinded and there's a voice that comes from heaven there was a major interruption to his plans in his life but it turned him into the man that wrote the majority of the new testament and has spread the gospel throughout the world right so when when we look at things sometimes we're afraid because we see this interruption to our life and this broken pattern that we thought we had all figured out, but it's really God's divine invitation to pull us into something that's greater. And oftentimes our fear of these interruptions will keep us from responding to God. It'll keep us from responding to what he's asking of us. You know, I don't know your story. Perhaps you came to church and it was a major interruption to your life. What am I doing here? 
Why am I here? You know, I came because Aunt Sue begged me to come. You know, and then in that moment, you have this connection that you have never had before. You experience God for the first time. This is what cup one is all about, right? Getting to know Christ. So it interrupted your plans, your life. You didn't see yourself as a church guy. And all of a sudden, you experience Jesus Christ. And you don't care what anybody thinks about a church guy. You know what's happening in your life. Right? That interruption to your life that was seem, what seemed to be inconvenient became a divine purpose that God had for you. Changed your life. Maybe serving was an interruption until all of a sudden you saw that when you served, somebody's life was changed. And then all of a sudden, it starts making sense. I was created with a purpose. Right? There's a cup three in there somewhere, isn't it? Right? The purpose, who God created me to be. And then all of a sudden I'm changed. In verse 30, he says, fear not, don't be afraid. God is favoring you because he sees something in you that he put there that nobody else has. You know, it's hard to, hard to imagine that the God of heaven is concerned about your life, right? Sometimes, it's, I have, sometimes I have a hard time thinking, you know, God's really concerned that I'm having some challenges in my life. I mean, he's got a whole world to take care of. Right? But yet, he sends a message to Mary and says, Mary, you've been picked. Out of however many millions of people were alive in her day, she was picked. You've been picked. You may be afraid of what God's asking, but let me tell you something. It's a divine invitation to something great because you've been picked. Because he put something in you that he didn't put in anyone else. When I formed you in your mother's womb, I had a plan for you. I'm telling you, somebody needs to believe that and understand that you're not just alive to just take up space. You're alive because God created you and you have a distinct purpose to serve. Don't be afraid if God's trying to call you out. It's an invitation to something beautiful. You've got to realize God's greater purpose. And we fear these interruptions because we don't understand his purpose, right? And it doesn't always line up with our purpose. In Luke chapter 1, verse 31 This conversation's still happening. The angel says to her, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Okay, so we can judge by... Uh, by culture of that day, that Mary's probably 15, 16, 17 years old, betrothed to Joseph. A little different culture than we have today. So here's this young lady who is having this encounter with God, and the angel's speaking to her, and, and all she's thinking about, right, is her Pinterest board with all her wedding decorations. <laughs> right? She's got all these plans. I mean, that. Her and Joe haven't even chatted about kids yet. And this guy, this, this angelic being saying, you're about to have a son, a whole oh, time out. I, I want to have my fairy tale wedding. And, I, and we've, we've, Joe and I have been looking at this cute little apartment over our in-laws. And it's nice. And there's only one room. And we don't have a place for a baby. What, what are you doing? All these things. Don't act like it wouldn't happen to you. You know you think about all those things. That's what happens. That's how we're made. Suddenly, you're faced with this major interruption to your plans. I mean, she just wants to get married and have a family. You know, Joseph's a carpenter. He's got a career. It's great. But God had a different plan. In fact, his plan was so different. He's saying, look, you're going to have a son, but, but he's not just going to be a good guy. He's quite literally going to be the savior of the world. She didn't know that. She didn't know about a crucifixion. 
She didn't know about salvation. She didn't know that the shedding of his blood was going to give you and I the opportunity to sit where we're sitting. She, didn't, she was a young girl that had her life all together, she thought. And all of a sudden, God's purpose was revealed and it was so different than what Mary thought her purpose was. She was going to play quite a significant role in the Christmas story. <laughs> quite a significant role. You know, here's the thing. When God interrupts you with a divine invitation to something greater... You're going to discover that his purpose could be very different than what you expected. And that's kind of a cup three thing, right? When you start realizing, I'm created for something bigger than what I have been living. You know, here's, here's some examples of what happens, right? This ha- we, sometimes taking the Bible and applying it to where I live today, sometimes there's a disconnect. Would you agree with that? I mean, we don't say a lot of these and thous anymore. But the story sometimes, it seems like you read the story of the apostles and you get snapshots of their life and they're super faith-filled guys. But the Bible doesn't capture everything, does it? It doesn't always capture the time when they're struggling. It doesn't always capture those moments. But I know that they struggle because you can catch snippets of, this thing, of these things in their writings. And so we understand that we have a life to live and sometimes things like losing your job shows up. And that's a major, I don't know about you, but that's a major interruption to my plans. I mean, if I don't have a job, I usually don't get a paycheck. And if I don't have a paycheck, my world changes significantly. (laughs) There's a lot of things that go on differently than what I had planned. And so all of a sudden, you know, that happens in your life. And you're like, God, what is going on? What's happening? And then then in the middle of all that, God, why did you allow this to happen? And God's like, I've got a bigger purpose. Watch me. And somehow in all that chaos, you finally start that business that you've been praying about and dreaming about for a long time. And then God blesses it. and It becomes something great because you did not understand. Your plans didn't calculate the fact that there's a divine God that has a purpose for you. And if you yield yourself to him, he'll create something you can't even imagine. Or, you know, you've been dating a person and it's just gone south and they're gone and you're thinking, I'm never going to find anybody. My life is over. I had a whole, I could see myself with three kids with this guy and it's just not going to happen. And then all of a sudden it's gone and you're like devastated what's happening. But God's like, this may interrupt your plans, but I've got a better purpose. There's a better person for you that will be bigger than what you've calculated right now. That's why we ask God, what do you want me to do in this situation? How do I need to respond here? What do you want to do with my life? You know, you find yourself at rock bottom sometimes against all the odds. You're just not going to make it. And you don't understand. It doesn't fit into your plans. But God has a different purpose for you. And he turns it around. We've got to learn to recognize that what might look like an inconvenient interruption to us is really God inviting us to something that we just can't quite understand yet. But he'll show us what his purpose is. And that's what he did with Mary. He started showing her what his purpose was. And it's so much bigger than she had imagined. So much bigger than we can imagine. Reading further, starting with verse 35, the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. She shouldn't be having a kid, but she's having one. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. And this is the key right here, for no word from God will ever fail. The King James Version says, For nothing is impossible with God, for nothing shall be impossible with God. The thing is, Mary had a one question. I hear what you're saying, but you kind of have to have a guy to have a baby. <laughs> right? This doesn't make any sense. You're telling me this is happening, but, but doesn't there need to be you know, a whole biological thing that's got to happen to make this work? 
And the angel answered, God has a purpose. You may be wondering, God, okay, I hear what you're saying. I know you want me to do this. I know you want me to, to step out. I know you want me to forgive that person I haven't talked to in 20 years. I know all these things are happening, but I don't know how that's going to work out. And, and it's not, it doesn't look like it's going to add up. And you know what? Let me tell you something. Sometimes we just need to recognize that there are some jobs that are just too big for us. They're God-sized jobs. There are some things that we can't do, and it's okay to admit. In fact, you need to admit you can't do it. Mary understood, I cannot do this. (laughs) Something's going to have to happen. And you know what happened? God stepped on the scene, and God did the miraculous. And let me tell you something. You have to learn how to trust. What obstacle is standing in your way, keeping you from taking that step of faith? If it's too big for you to figure out, that's good. It's a God problem. He'll sort it out. If he's asking and he's calling, he'll make it happen. You've got to learn how to trust that this may look like an inconvenient uh, situation for you, but it's really an invitation that God is wanting to prove to you that he has got control of your life. Amen. Amen. What seems impossible is actually impossible. And it's okay that it's impossible. That's why we serve a sovereign God. And that's why the angel said with God, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing shall be impossible. So if you want to know the key, here's the key. I'm about to give you the answer to the question. The question is, what do we do when we're afraid because God's calling us, but we're afraid of it? We're resisting it. We're trying to avoid the eye contact. We're trying to pretend like he's not talking to us, right? But yet we know in our heart, we have a dream that God's given us. We know in our heart, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm afraid. There's so many what ifs. That I'm, I'm, I'm just afraid of it. Here's the answer. Remember this. If you're writing, taking notes, write this one down. The outcome is God's responsibility. The obedience is yours. Right? When Gabriel spoke to Mary, he told her what was going to happen, but she had the option to say no. He said, you've been picked. So the outcome is up to God. She couldn't figure this out on her own. She couldn't make this happen. You and I can't figure out these things on our own. And the impossible is not... uh, It's not presented to us so that we realize that, well, I can't pursue what God is calling me to pursue. The the impossible is presented to us because we have to understand that my obedience is all I have to give. God is responsible for the outcome. Perhaps God is asking you to start a small group. Maybe I should say that a little louder. (laughs) Perhaps God is asking you to start a small group and the fear is, well, how will I have enough time for it because we're all super busy and what if nobody comes? You know what, that, that's God's problem. Your problem, your responsibility is the obedience, right? If God says do it, then you do it. The outcome is up to God, right? Perhaps God is saying, you know what, you need to tithe. Perhaps God is saying, you know what, you need to give beyond what you thought you're capable of giving. Perhaps you're looking at your budget and you're hearing what God's saying and you're like, I can do simple math. I can even get my calculator app on my phone. It's not going to add up. That's God's problem, Your problem is obedience. That's all you have to do is be obedient. God will make up the difference. Perhaps God is asking you to pray for... Have you ever been asked to pray for someone that's terminally ill? It's a bit of a struggle because you go through this emotional thing that, well, what what if the person doesn't get better? You know, it's awkward. But God is calling you to do this. It's not my responsibility to heal the person, is it? 
My responsibility is what? Obedience. That's God's problem. Our job is obedience. God's job is the supernatural. How many things do we hold back because we're afraid of the what ifs? But those what ifs are God's problem. My responsibility is obedience. Worship team, you can come. The beauty of this story is Mary's final statement to the angel. Her world just got rocked. I mean, guys, we'll talk about this next week too, but you've got you to realize that in Mary's day, if you were caught having an affair, you got stoned. <laughs> you didn't wear a scarlet letter. They drug you out back and threw rocks at you until you were twitching no more. Mary didn't just have a reputation to be worried about. She was afraid for her life. What's a pregnant girl going to be doing walking around still betrothed? Right? We read scriptures and we've heard this story a gazillion times. Sometimes it's hard to put ourselves into what she might have experienced. Maybe there's an equivalent for you today. That small group thing, maybe God is calling you, but then you've got people in your life that are like, dude, what are you doing? I've got a reputation. I got, I got some street cred I've got to hold up. <laughs> I'm losing it. I've got a Bible study group in my house. What is happening? <laughs> you know, our perception is our reality. And how I perceive people to see me is, will produce my responses. And, and God's calling you to step up. And it's beautiful because I've been able to see some of you that have recently stepped up to what God's calling you to do. And can already see God's purpose unfolding. And it is amazing. It's amazing because lives are being changed. And God is touching people. (coughs) And it really ends up with the final statement that Mary makes when she says I'm the Lord's servant may your word to me be fulfilled in spite of all the fear in spite of the inconvenience in spite of everything that she had planned in spite of her Pinterest board that had all of her wedding stuff on it in spite of all of that stuff she just says I'm the Lord's servant Whatever he has planned, I'm obedient. That is the game changer. Did the fear go away? Probably not. But all of a sudden, something started working. Something started changing. And we know the story because we've got to see the whole story played out. But let me tell you something. What is, I ask this question of you today. What is keeping you from saying yes to what God is calling you to do?